Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Ben, please stop looking at election polls for just one second. We got a show to do. All right, hold on. Polls. Put the polls aside. My God, you're such a pollster. By the way, uh, in Nevada, the all-important Nevada uh, vote, uh, Biden up three. But meanwhile, over in Utah, looking bad for Sergio. Sorry, I just made that up. How's it going, Remember everybody? Sergio predicted Utah. For, anyway, sorry. Yeah, how's Alabama looking? I remember uh, Monroe's prediction, right? Uh, <laughs> Monroe, you might want to reconsider Alabama. <laughs> right? All right. Happy Election Day, everybody. Uh, we are live. Let's get it on and popping. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, November 3rd. Election Day. It's just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank the following unions for sponsoring this podcast. Actually, before we do that, Ben, I want to talk to uh, everybody right now, live streamers and downloaders. Tonight, uh, if you got nothing going on, if you're, oh, I mean, you're, you're watching the election, obviously, but hey, put the election on mute and listen to the Ben Jarofsky Show first Tuesday election special. That's right. Tonight at 8 o'clock, we're going to be going live and we are going to be uh, talking to you as the election goes along. Yeah. Will the brown line be there? Oh, you betcha. <laughs> oh, you betcha. Uh, so make sure to tune into that. Uh, join us. And like I said, just put uh, put whatever you're watching, wh- whatever uh, election results you're watching, put it on mute. You can see they show the polls and all that. And listen to the Ben Jarofsky Show first Tuesday election special. Maya Dugmasova will be joining us as well as tons of guests. Uh, ben Jarofsky Show guests, friends of Maya, so many. So uh, go check that out. It's going to be at 8 o'clock tonight. But first, let's do this Ben Jarofsky Show for today. All right. It's brought to you by the International Brotherhood of Electric. Workers Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150 sponsors, as well as our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Uh, For those wondering, wow, will they do a song of the day on Election Day? Uh, Yeah, we do it every day. Uh, And your song of the day comes from Frank, Ben, and it's Everybody Loves a Clown by Gary Lewis and the Playboys. Uh, yeah, this is one of your favorite songs from the 60s. Everybody loves a clown. So why don't you clown has feelings too. That's how Blaine on drums. <laughs> How's it go again? How's the chorus go? Uh, everybody loves a clown. So why don't you I just the drum comes in at that point. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, like everybody laughs at the things that I say and do. 
And then I forget what the next line is. Your election but day. You don't laugh when oh. you see me running. You just smile and keep on something. Sorry, B. <laughs> Your election day Ben Jarofsky show starts now. It is Tuesday, November 3rd, election day. And live from my apartment in his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky show. on the program our Chicago Reader colleague Maya Duke-Masova <laughs> and now your host Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky hello everybody Ben Jarofsky here we're calling this election day Tuesday and here's why cause it's election day duh <laughs> finally got here but before we get to that great weekend you have a good weekend D yeah Two days ago. Okay. Great. <laughs> you know, there's some traditions that have to be upheld, even on election day. It's a Tuesday. I'm going to talk about my weekend. That's how we always do it. The okay? only okay. podcast that talks about the weekend <laughs> on Tuesday. Tuesday. I know. <laughs> if we did the show on Wednesday, it'd be like, great weekend. You have a good weekend. Uh, then it's Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you what I did this weekend. I spent a lot of the weekend watching the Queen's Gamut. Love that show on Netflix. Want to give a special out, uh, special shout out to Joan, uh, a faithful listener of this podcast. What up, Joan? Joan, hey! Oh. Her, son, <laughs> her son produced the show, one of the producers of the show. So, uh, Joan, I want to say this. Give that kid a raise and take it out of petty cash. That's a great show. I watched all seven episodes, D. I watched um, like two one day, two the next day. You know how that goes. And uh, all right, if you don't know about this show, it's about the super smart orphan girl who's a wizard at chess and she beats everybody. She is to chess what I am to Chicago Alderman. Like, for instance, the 49th Ward. Who's the alderman? Maria Haddon. Haddon before that, Joe Moore. Before that, David Orr. Before that, Paul Wagoda. Before that, all right, already. You get the point. She knows chess like I know Alderman. She beats all the great Russian players that she, until she faces the mighty Borgov. He's like the uh, the greatest Russian player of all in this uh, show, Dean. So I'm not going to give anything away. Okay? Not going to give anything away about what happens because it's very suspenseful. Here's a, a sample line. I will now do a sample line from the show, D, in my Russian accent. Oh. So the orphan genius girl is named Beth. And she says, uh, she's playing this other Russian, okay? And she says to him, you're the best I've ever played. That's my imitation. <laughs> Sounds and like Phyllis. <laughs> oh, Philly, Philly. It's for politicians. <laughs> they promise they won't tax retirement income uh, if their constitutional amendment passes. Philly and I were uh, hanging out this weekend, D. We're listening to Ice Cube uh, and Lil Wayne. Philly, Philly loves <laughs> Lil Wayne. Man, I really like that one song. Uh, anyway, so that's Beth. Back to Beth, the chess genius. She says, you're the best I've ever played. And then the Russian player says, until you've played Borgov. And I just, I was saying that all weekend, D. Until you play Borgov. Anyway, watch it, folks. Two thumbs way up. It's, it's uh, It'll take your mind off the madness. Now, let's get down to the madness. I uh, voted today. 
So did Dr. D. Ah, the two of us are generally a day of voter, day of vote voters, if you follow what I'm saying. It's so much easier. There's no line. And it's just the way it is at the old bar where uh, I've been voting since the 1980s. Uh, just uh, zipped in and zipped right out. Uh, made a joke or two to the election judges, had him rolling. Oh, God, this guy's hilarious. I was like the entertainment D. There was nobody else in there except for me and the election judges at about 11 o'clock or whatever to go, hey, you got any more jokes to entertain us? I voted, as you all know, for Joey B and Kamala. I even took a picture of it just to make sure. I took a oh, picture yeah. of my ballot. Yeah. <laughs> the lamest, nerdiest thing I've ever done, D. You know, it's like, I'm going to take a picture of this just to show everybody who I voted for. Then I got paranoid because it's like we have to circle the dots and brought back horror stories, memories, D, of uh, taking the uh, SAT. Yeah, I was getting that, too, this morning. I'm like, oh, my God, will this end? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just so bad at, like, you know, does it have to be like a perfect fill-in? You know what I mean? If I go over the line a little bit, does that, like, screw it up or not? Isaiah whatever it's i did the best i could well shout out to ken davis i saw him uh his post on facebook today uh he uh took a picture of his ballot and posted it showed what? everybody you know see that's a, kenny is one step ahead of me <laughs> then I, facebook anyway uh <laughs> i haven't been this excited about voting in an election since the last time i voted in an election ladies and gentlemen because let's face it i'm excited every election day i'm just what you call election day geek what can i tell you there was a nice young woman outside the polling place she was passing out palm cards uh, from the 47th ward democratic organization and at the top of the palm card it said for president joe biden okay uh, when I left the polling place, I passed this very nice young woman who was passing out the palm cards. I said to her, good thing you gave me that palm card because I was going to vote for Trump. And then I saw your palm card. And she was like, she said, <laughs> and inside she's thinking, oh, my God, he's so lame. Yeah, like, OK, yeah. I, OK, thanks for insulting why I'm here. Appreciate it. But she did tell me that, D, that she said that there was some guy that drove past, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just in a MAGA hat, and he yelled out the window, Trump! He's like so happy, you know, he had his MAGA hat on. It's like a little puppy bounding across the open field on the first day of snow, bound, bound, bound. MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. What am I gonna do without you guys? MAGA is so desperately trying to steal this election. I almost got to give him credit. It reminds me of the Democratic machine back in the day. And when I first got to Chicago and I moved to uh, the 47th Ward, there were these big, beefy dudes. It looks like they eat a lot of raw hamburger. Streets and sanitation, a water department, or park district guys. And they would be standing outside the polling place to, hey, vote Democrat. They'd be passing me palm cards. They were like locusts in 2002 for Rahm. That's when Rahm Emanuel ran for Congress. He cut a deal with Daley. Daley supported him. So Daley had all the big beefy guys from the water department, the sewer department, streets and sanitation show up uh, for the at the 5th Congressional District on the north side. Vote for Rahm. I bet those beefy guys who work for the city regretted that after Rahm stabbed him in the back once he gave mayor trying to back out on pensions. A uh, heck of a voting advice, Democratic beefy guys. Anyway, 
MAGA's got guys like that stationed outside of polling places all over the country. Only in this case, they're armed with machine guns. Say what you will about Rahm and Daly's goons. At least they weren't packing heat. What else? I got this message from Rose. Rose Colaccio should be coming on tonight, D. Uh, Rose is our uh, election expert. She's like read every single book. Uh, when the votes come in, which states, how which states tabulate them, when, how like Texas tabulates uh, write-in votes as opposed to uh, day of election votes, that kind of thing. And uh, she was saying there's reports coming out of Michigan that, that the MAGA people are telling folks who show up to vote that the election has been postponed. Uh, come back tomorrow. That's a really neat trick. I always make that joke, you know, about how voting is important. Everybody always says, like, vote. Don't forget to vote. But they're really, you could tell, D, but like whoever's saying it, you kind of, like, get a sense that they want, they don't really mean it if you're going to vote for the person they're not supporting. You know what I'm saying? Like, all, all those messages that the NBA players made during the playoffs, uh, uh, you know, Chris Paul, LeBron James, very important that you vote. I'm like, mm, what if I intend to vote for Donald Trump? Well, that's so important. Don't vote. But they like, you know, you can't say, they can't say don't vote for Trump. They just got to go, it's really important that you vote. So, yeah, voting is uh, really important. But I used to always make that joke. Yeah, it's really important to vote. But uh, if you're voting uh, for Trump, the election is two, Wednesday. I know it's uh, not funny. <laughs> but I used oh, to make that's that the joke. oldest trick in the book. <laughs> yeah, but they're actually trying that in Michigan. It's like, so, there's just like, MAGA people telling voters and like they, they, they have their suspicions like they look at a voter and they decide this guy's for Biden uh, the election's been postponed till Wednesday so these voters are calling a hotline is that true it's like when Trump said take bleach for COVID remember that people are calling like hotlines uh, medical hotlines is that true you can take bleach Anyway, uh, my beloved Democrats are freaking out. They think that Trump is going to declare victory early and then urge his MAGA supporters in Michigan and Pennsylvania to stop counting the votes. You know, it's just like declare victory at some random time, 10 o'clock. Boom, that's it. Stop counting the votes. And, uh, you know, all my... Uh, Democratic friends freaking out. They're saying, he's going to do that, Ben. He's going to do that. You watch. He's going to do that. I understand. He's been signaling this maneuver for months. Uh, with all this talk about voting by mail, it's fraudulent. You can't depend on it. It's going to be cheating. And Brett Kavanaugh, uh, Trump's handpicked Supreme Court nom uh, nominee on the bench now, uh, signaled that this was the strategy in a decision he wrote last week about voting rights. Uh, he said something along the lines of, we have to set standards so that elections, uh, the results aren't flipped, you know, after the polls have closed and after the uh, day of voting uh, votes have been counted. I'm like, everybody's pointing out, you can't flip a result of an election until all the votes, unless all the votes have been counted. So you're kind of like getting it all mixed up, signaling where you're going with this, what, Brett Kavanaugh? But here's the thing. This strategy that Donald Trump has employed is contingent on him being ahead in the early count. What if the early count shows him behind? What if the early count at like, we're at nine o'clock tonight and it's like, oh, the polls have closed in Pennsylvania and Maine and New York and uh, North Carolina. Guess what? Joe Biden is ahead and he's ahead in Florida. What if the early count shows that Biden's actually ahead? 
then you watch, ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump's rhetoric will change on a dime. Suddenly you'll see him declaring, I'm not quitting until every vote is counted. If it takes a month to count all the votes, that's how long I'll wait. And Brett Kavanaugh will be like hurrying up to amend his decision. Uh, Yeah, what I meant to say is that it's really important from a constitutional standpoint to count every vote like our founding fathers wanted. Republicans are so transparent. Whatever you have to say, you will say. Even if it contradicts what you said yesterday, Dems, one more time, learn this lesson. You're in a battle with Republicans who don't play and they have no fixed principles. It's all tactics. The sooner you learn that, the better you will be. We got a great show today, everybody. Hold on, I got a text, let's see. Uh, <laughs> just got a text from Maya. Yes. All right. All she right. Our two o'clock guest, and she tells me she's already drinking. <laughs> uh, it's always good, you know, to know that your two o'clock guest and your co partner in crime uh, for the eight o'clock show has started drinking at noon, D. I'm sure she's just joking. Anyway, Maya will be here at two o'clock. A lot of political talk ahead of us, but before we do that, the young man from Alton. The man that everybody, whether they wear the MAGA hat or the Joey B. Blue, calls Dr. Dr. Doobie with the news. Everybody, how's it going? I'm Dennis. The magic number is zero. Yeah, it's election day. Let's see how everything has gone so far here in Chicago. Polls opened at 6 a.m., and some of them have been packed. You said it was empty where you were at, right, Ben? There were two people in that, uh, two voters, I should say, in that uh, polling place, myself and my wife. My wife finished before I did, and soon it was just me. So, yes. And what time was that? Um, good question. Uh, <laughs> it was prox- approximately 1130, I would say. You know me, I get up at the crack of 10, yeah. up and at him early. Yeah, I was right? wondering if you would, act, would wake up earlier to go vote, uh, but I guess not. I was up really late watching episode six and seven of the Queen's Gamut Great Movie, as I said, on Netflix. Uh, everybody check it out. And uh, so I woke up t- today, D, at some ungodly uh, hour, like 9.15, not a lot of sleep. And then I started calling people about the show. You've been very proud of me. I was on the phone calling people. Uh, so anyway, I didn't get over there about 11, 11.15, something like that. All right. Well, Chicago's Board of Elections is doing what it can to try to keep people safe while they vote. Each precinct received a box of personal protective equipment that included disposable gloves, K95 masks and face shields. They also were provided ample supplies of disinfectant wipes and hand sanitizer. Did you see any of that there at the uh, booth? Yes. Did you take some? And clean. I, I did. I have my mask on. All right. I put the little hand sanitizer on. I've since come home and washed, showered, shaved. All right. All right. You know, <laughs> you should have yeah. got some wipes and uh, cleaned that studio up like you were talking about. You know what I mean? Uh, bad news in that front. D. Still a little sloppy <laughs> here. I'm working on that. OK, since you left, man, this place is just falling apart. Also in the booths, uh, there are stickers encouraging people to social distance leading up to the polling place. And the voting stations in most, but not some, are more spread out. 
than past years. We have quotes from voters on how their experience went in the booth today. Yes, voter quotes. Uh, <laughs> shout, out, <laughs> shout out to the Chicago Sun-Times for their hard work, because Lord knows I didn't go talk to these people. First up, it's Jason. Jason was prepared for long lines of people waiting to vote at Kilmer Elementary School in Rogers Park. Instead, for Jason... Voting was a breeze, and he was in and out in less than 20 minutes. Jason said, quote, it turned out well. Very nice, Jason. Here's another uh, voter <laughs> quote. More voter quotes. Uh, this is a voter quote from Toby. Uh, Toby also was pleased with the ease of the voting process. Toby said, quote, it was fantastic. I was third in line. Okay, well, no one likes a braggart, Toby. <laughs> Toby, uh, he's very, I got up real early, unlike uh, Ben. <laughs> oh, that's good. Good uh, for you, Toby. Four precincts in the 50th Ward, uh, numbers 13, 28, 31, and 32, were packed into Stone Scholastic Academy's gym, making it nearly impossible not to brush shoulders with a stranger. We got Muhammad, age 41. He voted inside that gym today. Yes, more voter quotes. Here we go. Uh, Muhammad noted how close everyone was to each other, and Muhammad said, quote, it's okay, but the precautions could be much better, like wider spacing. What do you think about Everyone's it? a critic. You know, all of a sudden, like, Muhammad's weighing in. Hey, Muhammad, where were you when they designed it? Uh, but just, you know, everyone's a critic. <laughs> Muhammad is suddenly a uh, interior designer i think you should move the booth over here uh second thought take it out everyone's by the way have you ever had to do that d in your whole life like man on the street i love your these man on the street quotes have you ever or woman on the street quotes have you ever had to do that oh yes. yeah i've had to do it before just in like radio just doing like live broadcast somewhere going around talking to strangers yeah, I know. It's really kind of. Could you please say something that I could use? Uh, sometimes, like, I would get so desperate. Look, c can we work on your quote a little bit? Uh, because that quote really sucked that you said. Can we, like, embroider it a little bit? Um, I'm sorry. It's supposed to be just from my heart. <laughs> no one ever said that. They go, whatever you want to say, man, just spell the name right. Or don't call me at all. Don't mention me by name. Yeah, it's no, I hated doing that uh, on the street. Ugh. We're going to put the voter quotes aside for a minute. Oh, uh, I like the voter quotes. We'll get, hey, I got more. I got more, including a couple. One that votes Republican, the other votes Democrat. Oh, the line. <laughs> what is Billy Bob from the 33rd Ward? Billy Bob from the 33rd Ward said it was just really a easy peasy. I just walked in and walked out. Well, thanks, Billy Bob. But right now, uh, we're going to give a round of applause. And let's hear it for early voting. More than three. All right. He's clapping. There we go. More than 3.6 million Illinoisans wow. have already cast their ballots for Tuesday's election. According to the Illinois Board of Elections, as of Monday, more than 1.83 million people voted early in person and another 1.76 million had already returned their ballots by mail. Board of Election officials are cautioning that some races including the fate of the proposed graduated income tax amendment, quote, may not be known for up to two weeks, with more than 8.3 million voters registered for the 2020 general election, which is in itself a record. State election officials estimated that 43% of registered, uh, registered voters already voted. Yeah. They got to figure out the mathematics on that thing. Like, it's got to be 60% of the people who actually vote in the election or 50% of the people voted in the uh, election overall. 
who that I remember Eric Zorn dedicated a whole column to it. And it was one of those columns where I went into it like, oh, wow, he's going to explain it. And when I left the D, I was more confused than I was when I went into it. Because it's really hard. You need Dan Biss to figure these math stuff out. Then somebody corrected me. Like I, I mentioned it's 60%. Uh, and they go, well, it's also 50%. Why would, Why do you even need that? You know what I'm saying? It's like somebody, Ben, you should have mentioned the 50% of the total. Everybody's a critic. Uh, 1.83 million voted early, did you say? And 1.6 million by mail. Yeah. I was I was talking to Lenny, our good friend from the um, Indivisible Chicago and uh, from the Chicago Reader. And uh, I was, she was one of the people I, I called uh, this morning, D, while I was resting in bed, just waking up and preparing for the day uh, at that god-awful early hour of 9.15. And she was shocked that I hadn't voted already. She was like, Ben, hurry up, get over there, now! People are so uh, used to, you know, like, you gotta vote early. This is like this mindset that's taken over. And I was part of it too. I remember 2008, I was so happy, got over early. See, that's why the, everybody's telling me this is the most important election we've ever had. This is the most excitement they've ever had, the most anxiety they've ever had. Uh, and there is a lot of excitement and anxiety, and I'm trying not to lose my mind, but I don't want to completely rewrite history. 2008 was a pretty big deal too. There was a gentleman on the ballot named Barack Obama, ever heard of him? <laughs> I was really excited to vote for him, and so are you, ladies and gentlemen. You guys just have a tendency to get in that moment, and this is most important because this is where we're at now, and we're all freaking out. But you're freaking out in 2008. I mean, the polls had Obama comfortably ahead, but most most Democrats I know were very nervous. Oh, I'm nervous. I voted in that uh, election really early. I was so happy, D. And then every subsequent election it got harder, the line got longer. I'm like, why am I doing this? I went back to day of, and it's, whoa. It's just me and my wife in the polling place making jokes with the election judges. All right, moving on here. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Face coverings. Yes. Mm, very important. Face coverings. Thank you, J.B. Always important. <laughs> uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker stopped by Shoesmith Elementary School in mm. Kenwood to thank election workers. He uh, also said he heard, he's heard no reports of voter intimidation, but was getting updates on the topic every few hours. Pritzker said he's hearing from election judges that voter turnout on election day has been lighter than in past elections. And here's a quote from an optimistic governor. I mean, he voted, so this technically is a voter quote. Uh, <laughs> Pritzker said, quote, but I've also heard there have been an awful lot of young people getting out to vote today. So that's really great to hear. When I hear about that, it means there's a level of enthusiasm that's probably off the charts. What do you think about that, Ben? Well, you know, <clears throat> embedded in that quote uh, is the notion that uh, the younger you are, the least likely uh, to vote you are. And I, I know, uh, D, some uh, people of the baby boomer persuasion, here we are in 2020, are still railing against millennials. Still railing against millennials for 2016 because they have this notion that they didn't vote. The reason Trump won, I've, I've got D, if I had a nickel for every baby boomer who complained to me about a millennial, I'd be a rich man. Uh, and uh, we'd be doing this show from a great studio as opposed to my attic. Actually, oh, man. Money is then you can <laughs> Venmo me money. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd be Venmoing you money all the time. Well, I need a millennial to help me with that. But yeah, uh, but yeah they're always like 
Well, uh, Pritzker, I believe, is a baby boomer. He's on the tail end of the baby boomer generation. So, you know, so he he wasn't being critical, but embedded in that comment was a stereotype, you know, that uh, younger people don't vote. And I don't know. It's hard for me. I've been voting since, uh, I mean, as soon as I could vote. I turned 18, boom, went to vote. That's what you do. And my mother was like, you're going to vote. Took a bus in from Wisconsin to vote for Abner Mikva in 1974. Good God. So uh, <laughs> he's old, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, that's what's uh, the notion embedded in uh, what Pritzker has to say, that young people don't vote. They're not really paying attention. It doesn't think it applies to them. You know, they have a party to go to. They forgot. Uh, you know, wait, a <laughs> they're the people up in Michigan who believe them when they tell them, when MAGA tells them, oh, yeah, they postponed the election till Wednesday. Oh, OK. I didn't see that uh, in Twitter. But if you say it, it must be true. So this is prejudice against young voters. I don't. I don't really, I don't know. I think it's like a generational thing. You know what I'm saying, D? I think that uh, I, 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 I just think that young voters are as ignorant as baby boomers tend to think. Governor Pritzker also recently warned voters of misinformation that could be posted to social media, urging state residents to consult reputable sources for information in the days ahead. Uh, let's see. He said he, uh, the governor warned residents from getting their information on social media networks like Facebook and Twitter in the coming days <laughs> and to instead consult local election authorities and reputable news outlets for the latest updates and election results. Uh, as the votes are counted, Pritzker urged voters to be patient and to be skeptical of claims made on social media, like a bunch of crazy people trashing the fair tax, right? Uh, suggesting that voters could potentially stay off of those platforms in the coming days yeah i'm with him on that with you on that one jb 100 percent. because I, I deal with a lot of uh, panicky anxiety ridden dems these days d and they see something on facebook and uh they go oh my god fill in the blank like this weekend was really bad when the maga people in texas surrounded the bus I don't know if you follow that one, but there was a Biden-Harris bus driving somewhere in Texas and a bunch of MAGA supporters in cars surrounded the bus and forced the bus off the road. And I didn't see the story in real time. I heard about it from anxiety-ridden Dems. And by the time the story got to me, Biden was on the bus. That's how they were telling the story. And Biden was on the bus. Like, wait, wait a minute. Biden was, I was like, I'm having a hard time imagining this. Biden was on a bus in Texas? Yeah, with Kamala Harris. They were on the same bus together? Yeah, they were both on a bus. I saw it on Facebook. And then it turned out it was a Biden-Harris bus, but neither Biden nor Harris were on the bus. Everybody's freaking out. And you know what? Uh, part of the reason they're freaking out, let's be honest, is uh, Donald Trump is the master. I have to give him credit in a weird way of trash talking and ghost lighting. It's just like I said at the top of the show. He's got this. Uh, this is what Prisco was really getting at, D. Now, Trump's been playing this game, leading people to believe he's going to declare victory early. <laughs> that first vote, if that first vote cast in Pennsylvania is for Trump, that's it. It's over. I'm declaring victory. Right. And then, then people are freaking out. You know, well, they're going to stop counting the vote in Pennsylvania. So, uh, yes, 
I agree with Pritzker that you should be very cautious about uh, news that you just see from your friends on Facebook or what have you, or who knows who's uh, writing it. But you watch, folks. I'm, I'm, this is my prediction. If those early votes are uh, for or if Florida, which is supposed to go early, if Florida goes early for Biden, Trump will flip, flip on a dime, and suddenly every vote must be count. We must, every single ballot must be counted before anyone declares victory. And you, you know? said, and you said that he will like just say it's over if he's winning, right? Yeah, if he's winning, over. It's over. Now, Stop and, counting. And that's shown to be effective. Remember uh, Iowa, Pete Buttigieg. Oh, my God. I will never. For, how, thank you for bringing back that. I was railing about that for how long? Yeah. Yeah, but they were like still counting votes for the Iowa. D, let's just pause to think about the Iowa caucus. Ah, the good old days before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I was rooting for Bernie. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. And uh, yes. Pete Buttigieg just declared victory, and <laughs> who knew? They were in New Hampshire. Buttigieg is like, and all the people, uh, the TV people are going, he's riding the momentum of this victory in Iowa. What victory? Right? It, seemed to, it seemed to really work. Yeah, except that he crashed in New Hampshire. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, except for that part of it. But, you know, him claiming uh, that it was over early, yeah, everyone was like, oh, yeah. I guess it's over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good tactic. Didn't work for Buttigieg too well in the uh, uh, get to secure the primary to secure the nomination, but it's an age. Uh, we won. It's over. Well, we haven't really. And and that Iowa primary was so hard to calculate. Remember, D it was like all these different rules. Uh, we had Miles Conflasson on trying to explain it to us. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. What a great memory, D. And I was like the Bernie supporter going, no, Bernie won. <laughs> Bernie actually won the popular vote. Oh, damn, the fix is in already. No, but uh, you watch, Donnie is going to, uh, you're right. He'll be he'll be pulling a Buddha judge uh, if it fits his needs. If it doesn't fit his needs, it'll be every vote must be counted. Pritzker went on to say here, look at a variety of news outlets if you'd like, be, but be wary of claims you see on social media. So check before you repost anything, or better yet, you may want to take the next few days off from social media, <laughs> J.B. Pritzker said. He said Facebook and Twitter will still be there in the morning. J.B. said that? Yeah. That's actually pretty clever. I mean, I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm surprised that he said something clever, but that that's pretty clever. Yeah, I wish I thought of that. Facebook will still be there in the morning. Good, good one, J.B. <laughs> It looks like some Chicago business owners are preparing for the worst. Large and small businesses downtown who fear potential vandalism after the election are uh, in plan to board up their storefronts. Uh, the governor said National Guard troops are in Chicago. Uh, they would be on standby if needed, but the city said there was no plan to deploy them. Yeah, we talked about this last week. I, I'm not quite sure what they're expecting uh i suppose i can understand like i read in the paper d that one of the businesses was hit twice over the summer uh, had its windows broken twice so they're not messing around i remember back in 1993 1993 ugh, my memory goes way back uh this is non-election non related my beloved chicago bulls were in the championship versus uh your favorite team the phoenix suns d and um just wanted to see if you're Steve attention. Nash, baby. 
well, that was before Steve Nash. It was Kevin Johnson was the point guard. Kevin Johnson, team. Dan Marley. Very good, young man. Uh, and young Charles Barkley was the power forward. That's terrible. Anyway, uh, it, was, uh, it was a great series. But it, for some reason, everybody was afraid that there would be looting uh, should the Bulls be victorious in Chicago. And so I remember like there was the final game in Chicago. I forget what day it was on, uh, but whatever, whatever day it was on that night, that day in the morning, people, uh, store owners were boarding up their, uh, their businesses, particularly on Michigan Avenue. And when the Suns were victorious uh, and uh, to extend the series, and uh, there was obviously not going to be any looting in Chicago. Nobody was doing anything but sobbing. And the series went back to Phoenix. Charles Barkley, I remember, he goes, well, you guess you could take those. And then he dropped the F-bomb. Uh, bleeping, uh, I don't know why suddenly D, I'm cleaning myself up. Well, I like I it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, you like it? Okay. Uh, I mean, I kind of went off the deep end last week doing the ice cube. You said the F word like eight times on Sunday. It's in the song. What do you, I mean, it's like I'm literally quoting the song. Anyway, uh, so Berkeley goes, you could take them down, take down those boards now. I always thought that was pretty funny of Charles Barkley. Of course, uh, the Bulls went on to win game six in Phoenix on John Paxson's three. You remember that one, D, right? To, to claim the championship, the first of three in that first go around. And of course, then they won three more later in the 90s. Back to you, D. Thank you very much, Ben. We're talking the election here. <laughs> but you see, you know what? I can also do it for sports. Remember I was talking about uh, Beth, the super genius chess player in the Queen's Gambit? Like she sees the chess board. She goes, I got to move here. I got to move there. I got to move there, there, there. She sees it just like pops into her brain. She sees things that other people don't see. That's that's the way I am with basketball. In 1993, if you recall, the Kevin Johnson was on that team, along with Charles Barkley. Yes, and uh, I believe the center's name was Mark West. Gee, did you ever play chess? No. Never? No. I went to a phase where I played chess back in, I was like 14. I was, I was kind of into it. It's like, yeah, I like this. And I actually spent one day, I went out for the chess club, oh, chess club in high school. There yeah. we go. There we go. <laughs> Let's admit that today. Maybe that's not a good idea to admit. You know what? Uh, the Queen's Gamut just does away with the notion that chess is not cool because uh, Bath is super cool. So, yeah, there I was. So I'm going to try to, you know, slide in on that Beth coolness. Yeah, D, I was on the chess club uh, back as a freshman at Evanston High School, yes. More of a checkers she- and Uno kind of guy. You ever, you ever play Uno? <laughs> no. I've seen it, oh, but I've never played it. Uno's good times. All right. Uh, more voter quotes, huh? You want to do some voter quotes, Ben? <laughs> yeah, man. All right. I didn't think you'd like this so much. Okay. We have more voter quotes. Shout out to the Chicago Sun-Times here for talking to these people. Uh, this was at 12.04 p.m. A couple on opposite ends of the political spectrum. It says here, we just agree to disagree. <laughs> at a time when politics have never been more divisive, Dan and Jennifer are learning to make it work they're engaged and they're on opposite ends of the political spectrum Uh, let's see here dan voted for donald trump on tuesday while jennifer voted for joey b joe biden Uh, let's see Uh, jennifer (laughs) voted in favor of the proposed fair tax while dan said oh hell no me and phyllis we're riding together here (laughs) danny loves phyllis that commercial put him over the top 
<laughs> All right, we have quotes here. Here is Jennifer. Jennifer said, quote, it's appalling. I don't know how anyone can be a Trump supporter. He's the worst president ever. He's just a horrible person. Uh, let's see here. So that was the quote from there. Good. To which Dan said, <laughs> MAGA, MAGA always mega forever yeah i don't think they got a, a quote from dan here so uh, come on hey who's oh, that reporter get back says, and get me danny right now it says here dan blamed the democrats for making the country quote very divisive over the past four years and voiced his support for trump uh and it says here uh, <laughs> yeah the, the candidate of peace <laughs> donald trump let's all can we all get along donnie trump donnie was in kenosha yesterday no we'll get <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, we agree uh, to disagree. They said, "Yeah, that's good. That's good. That, that marriage is going places. I'm sure it will." Uh, by the way, D, since you mentioned the bright one, my beloved bright one, home delivered every day to Chicago sometimes. Uh, Sunday sometimes had a story about a, a Trump rally in Mount Greenwood. Did you see this one out by any chance? The rally in Mount Greenwood. Uh, Mount Greenwood is the section of Chicago on the far southwest side. Far southwest side of the city. A lot of police officers live there. A lot of firefighters live there uh, because it's about as far as you can go. There's residency requirements in the city of Chicago. If you work for the city, you have to live in the city. Uh, so it's about as far as you can go in Chicago. You know what I mean? Uh, before you get to the suburbs. Uh, anyway, so a lot of cops down there. And Trump does well down there. I think the I uh, did the analysis back in 2016, the precinct that, that the highest turnout for Trump was in uh, Mount Greenwood. Over 60%, I want to say, in this one particular precinct. Um, so anyway, they had a rally there uh, and um, of Trump supporters. And guess who one of the keynote speakers was at that rally? Uh, on Sunday in Mount Greenwood on the far southwest side, all white people. Guess who one of the key speakers was? Blago. Yes! Give that man a raise! I'm like, is Blago good or what? Just follow me on this, folks. A year ago, the guy was in the federal penitentiary in uh, Colorado looking at, what, six more years? I mean, D, let's just take a moment to just like... Whatever your political thoughts are and what you know, what your allegiances are, let's just think about the rebound this guy has made. He was looking at like six years in the clinker. He and his wife devised a brilliant strategy, and I have to give him credit, to butter up to Donald Trump and uh, portray themselves as a victim of the same overzealous deep state prosecutors who were going after Trump for his connections to Russia. And Trump loved it. He went for it. And he commuted Blago's sentence. Dean, when did he commute the sentence? I've been in, I can't remember. It's, I've lost it track like of February, time. I think. Was it February? I think so. Was it, it was pre-pandemic, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And then Trump came, uh, excuse me, then Blago came home and had that great press conference outside his house that we play all the time. Uh, I'm a Trumpocrat. And the guy goes, yeah. yeah you I'm know a that Trumpocrat. One, the Trumpocrat, that's right. <laughs> I love that guy in the background. And and it's like ever since then, bit by bit, he's become uh, more prominent as a spokesperson for Trump in the state of Illinois. And so last week, uh, he gave a little uh, speech in front of uh, mostly black people who were for Trump at a rally at Trump Towers. And we, Tommy Shuba, the great Tommy Shuba, wrote about it for the Sun-Times. I believe he was the only reporter who was there. And that was the quote uh, where, where Blago said, homies, my homies, I'm a homie, because he was speaking to black people. Uh, this Sunday, 
he gave, he was at the rally in uh, Mount Greenwood and apparently it was mostly white people. He talked about how Trump had betrayed the working class, the working man. So see, Blago's got his line. When he's speaking to black people, it's homies. When he's speaking to white people in Mount Greenwood, it's the working man. It's very flexible, Blago. By the way, when I saw the Sun-Times article, I, I thought it was Tommy Shuba's name uh, and Rachel Hinton, like immediately texts Tommy, did you go to that again? You got the Blago beat? And he texted back, no, Rachel Hinton covered that one. So good job by Rachel Hinton and Tom Shuba. Keep a track of Blago. D, you get ready. Blago's running. He's going to run for governor uh, on the Republican ticket. People said to me, Ben, is it legal for a felon to run for governor? I go, I don't know. But I mean, when have Trump and Blago worried about the fine print in these things, right, D? They'll change the law if they have to. Lago versus DB, Darren Bailey for the Republican nomination. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Wow. That's a (laughs) a very, very bold prediction. It's been a long time since I've shaved with a normal razor, and uh, it takes a little practice. I'm sorry about that. I got to keep dabbing the. So I have to apologize for his tardiness. He couldn't find where I put his socks this morning. Oh my God! Good times. Blago gets out of the clink. That was in February, by the way. It was February. God, it was cold. I remember. But I mean, to give him credit, dude, the guy got out of prison, comes home, gives the press conference, has not stopped running since. He's Trump's main guy. You need me to talk to black people at Trump Tower? No problem. You need me to talk to white people at Mount Greenwood? No problem. I know what to say to each. So uh, yeah, he's become a very popular, powerful asset for the Republican Party, D, proving that anything is possible in Illinois politics. He was the poster child for Democratic corruption just two years ago. And now he's Mr. Popularity among Republicans throughout the state. All right, so that's the local beat uh, on today's election. Now let's talk the national election. Play the radio. (laughs) Those are two people running. Uh, President Donald Trump gave an early morning election day interview to who else? Fox and Friends on Fox News. Now, of course, he made one last pitch as to why America and Fox News watchers, who are more than likely voting for him anyway, why they should vote MAGA. But a sleepy sounding president did take some time to rip Fox News, claiming that Fox News, of all networks, gave too much attention to Joey B, Joe Biden. Actually, Fox puts him on more than anybody else, which is sort of shocking to me because Fox has changed a lot. And somebody said, what's the biggest difference between this and four years ago? And I say Fox, it's much different. Uh, you still have great people. But, you're, you're three of them. But, but you know, Mr. But, President, can I just say uh, one thing? With, with what they try to do, what they try to do with Fox. In terms of, but politics. we just want to show Excuse both. Me? Unlike the other networks, they were trying to show both sides. So, hey, here's President Trump live. Here's Joe Biden live. Because we, we feel it's a responsibility to sell. We the, report. They decide. Yeah. Right. So it, I don't think it's uh, an endorsement of anybody. But uh, go ahead. When, when President Obama speaks, does he get under your skin? They well, say the that he's the reason. You know, they wouldn't put Sleepy Joe Biden on every time he opened his mouth. You know, they had other networks for that, frankly. <laughs> oh, man, D, I'm sorry. I hadn't heard that. He, first of all, the guy is exhausted. He, he, he's 74 years old. He's been running around like he just... 
we, we just talked about Oblago comes out of federal prison after eight years, hits the ground running. All right, you know, it's like making up for lost time, appealing to black people, white people, whatever. Here's Donnie, age 74. Is that what he is? I think he's 74. Yeah. Just got over COVID, right? Yeah. Probably still has it, Lord knows. He's on so many steroids. They got him pumped up. He's been running from one end of the country to the other, like three rallies a day. He did He'll five. Score. He did five rallies on Sunday. Yeah, gets up. I mean, I got to get the guy crazy. Gets up early on Tuesday, on Election Day. And I'm going on Fox TV to whine about Fox. <laughs> oh, my God. You're whining. This will prove you. Republican. You know, dude, why wasn't I a Republican? I mean, it's so easy to be a Republican. Like, here's Fox TV has built everything that Donnie Trump has is a result of Fox TV in terms of politics. I mean, well, and I got to give NBC, they put him on The Apprentice. And so it's pretty clear that without The Apprentice, he would not be president of the United States. So you got it. All right. Two, two networks, one NBC, one Fox. He's complaining about both of them. Like they don't give him enough attention. It's like, how could he possibly, he should be going on there. I want to thank you, Fox, you know, win or lose today. I owe it all to you, but no, he's already like, it's a part of the excuses forming in his head. If he loses tonight, it's because Fox, they gave him too much time to Sleepy Joe. And the old boy, from, who I don't know who that guy was for Fox, defending Fox. Now, now, but, come on, we're fair. <laughs> and balance. Wait a minute, this is the funniest. The other networks don't show Donald Trump. Guys, are you kidding me? CNN, they owe everything. He should be sending a check to, remember CNN in 2016, D? Donald Trump will be arriving uh, in Phoenix in about uh, half hours. Plane's a little late. We have a crew on hand at the airport. Wait, there's his plane. His plane is there. You can see, they'd be like waiting to cut in. Now suddenly Fox is like, oh no, we're the only ones present both candidates. Yeah, you're right, Fox. I've never seen Donald Trump on any other network but yours. Oh, it's a good thing you're... <laughs> Dude, man, come on. Come on, you should have... I don't know, what should he said? You should have said, Donnie, man, whatever you're smoking, I want some of that because that's some trippy stuff. <laughs> yeah, talks about Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Donald. Actually, Fox puts him on more than anybody else. <laughs> but you know what? I'll say this. You're right. He does. He sounds like he's like a like he's a trumpet player in a jazz band. He's been up all night. It's five in the morning. He's drinking shots of whiskey. He's smoked a couple doobies in the back alley. Yeah, man, I love it. My, we play miles. <laughs> but in his, in his defense, team, five rallies. Come on, man. Could you imagine? Could you imagine doing five rallies? <laughs> and then on Sunday, he did one in Miami at like 1130 midnight. And uh, they had like curfew at midnight. People are out there. Yeah, go Trump. Like, oh, <laughs> breaking the curfew. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. This is a trip, dude. This is really... Uh, I've never seen anything like this. I've been following politics a long time. I'm joking at the top of the show. I'm excited by every election, but I've really Donald Trump is just, he's just a whole new creature. You know, I don't know uh, if anybody else can actually replicate it, but the, the thought of Donald Trump going on Fox TV and complaining, and by the way, he'll complain about NBC. Everything 
he has in he would in politics both is a result of NBC giving him the apprentice. How many years was he on that show, D? Like ten years or something like that. A good, a good, long, a good amount of time. Good long and that's the whole brand firing people, of being a decisive businessman. He was in bankruptcy. His, his business was like in shambles. And I think the guy's name is Burnett, the the producer for NBC, who put him on The Apprentice, uh, put him made him the host of The Apprentice. It turned around the whole public's image of Donald Trump. Suddenly, he was a successful, decisive, forceful businessman, as opposed to a bankrupt buffoon. And now he's complaining. I don't get enough coverage. <laughs> you don't adore me enough, Fox. Wow. But if I'm Fox, I'm like, forget it, Donnie. Just that's it. Can you imagine if he like hung up on Donald Trump? I think he's given yeah. a little uh, shout out to his crazy YouTube audience too. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, who Donnie? Yeah. Yeah, they stay with him through thick and thin. <laughs> if you're watching, they'll be sweating. They'll, every they'll flip on a dime just like he will be, if necessary. If Florida comes in for Biden, uh, Florida is one of those uh, swing states. I think it's off the top of my head. Oh, if I could pull this off, Florida, Ohio, Iowa, and Texas. Is that impressive or what? Is that impressive or what, man? Okay. Told you. I'm like bathing a chessboard. <laughs> Those are the four states that uh, will be able to tabulate their votes uh, fairly quickly. And that includes the mail-in votes, the uh, you know, absentee votes, uh, in-person votes, day of votes, all be tabulated. So they'll be fast. So if you see, oh my God, D, if you see Texas go Biden, Trump, and me, we got to count every vote. Pennsylvania, we can't until every vote has been counted. And Fox TV will be like, what's that? That's what it is. That's the flip flop. Every vote must be counted. The president will be spending the day in Washington. He's expected to host an election watch party tonight. He better wake up. Actually, Fox puts him on more than anybody. Joe Biden started the day at church where he visited the graves of his first wife and his son, Beau. He'll spend the evening in Delaware and aides say he may address the nation. Mm. So he's not, uh, you know, they've done away with this uh, tradition of uh, we're going to campaign to the final, to the final vote. You remember that one day, like Obama would be flying in Wisconsin, like flying from Wisconsin to Pennsylvania, flying in. And then, you know, breathless newscasters, uh, the plane has landed, the plane has landed. And so like undecided voters go, oh, I'm really enthusiastic about Barack Obama making this last minute stop at Wisconsin. I think I'll vote for Barack Obama. And it, people think I have a low opinion of voters, D. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, I'm glad to see that they're not doing that. All right, guys, everybody's made up their mind. What, what is it, like half the people have already voted anyway? You know, just stay at home. That seems like Donnie Trump should be, like, drinking tea with honey or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> stay away from the reefer and the cigarettes and the whiskey at 4 in the morning, all right? It's okay to listen to Miles Davis, but you don't have to be playing the horn. Ooh, well, sad. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad they're just chilling on election day. No need to fly from one end of the, everybody's already decided how they're going to vote. Kenny Davis put it out on Facebook. All right. We already know how we're voting. All right. So, uh, from news about people who are very old, uh, <laughs> 
to news about a politician who's very young. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, New York Congresswoman, she released a video uh, recently. uh, Very uh, inspiring here. Uh, She tweeted it. I'm going to play the video in moments here, but before we do that... More voter quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I was like, D, can we just a few more? Hey, wait a minute. Any more suggestions from Muhammad on how uh, voting places may be laid out? You know, I think you should move the desk there. <laughs> voter, like, man in the street quote. Everybody's a critic. Um, really, they don't like the lighting in this uh, voting place. Uh, could you, like, dim the bulb? <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna hear from voter Caria. All right, Ooh, uh, I may be butchering that name. I don't know Caria. This was at one fifty one p.m. Well, it was like five minutes ago. Uh, let's see here. Caria says, uh, "Let's see." Well, she's forty four years old, by the way. Caria uh, says, "This is probably the most important vote we have for president in a generation. There's just very divisive politics, and just a lot of the outcome of this is very consequential as to how we move." forward as a country. Uh, Karia and his wife Roxanne brought their six-year-old son, Tovin, and four-year-old daughter, Rosabella, with them to vote at Burr Elementary School in Wicker Park. Karia said it's been a really good experience. They've had some good interaction with us. They watched us cast our ballots. I wanted to introduce them, so over the years, they'll get more involved. Bringing their kids along. Wow. Can I just say something that has nothing to do with that's a great quote, by the way. Good job, guys. Yeah, it is a consequential election. But Burr Elementary, back in the 70s, my mom taught there. When you said Burr, I'm like, whoa, that was like something trippy about that day. It's like, oh, my God, that's where my mom taught. Wow, man. Burr in the school. Jonathan Burr, I believe it's called. I believe the first name is. Oh, I thought, it was, I thought it was Bill Burr Elementary School. <laughs> Bill Burr. <laughs> and these kids are lunatics. Okay. Donald Trump. Huh? Know, that's your guy. That's your guy. You put him on a stamp. That's your guy. That's my Bill Burr, uh, Steve uh, Job's imitation. One of the greatest comic bits, folks, that you will ever see. That's your guy. Huh? That's your hero. Okay. All right. Sadly, that's the end of voter quotes. Uh, maybe oh, I'll maybe I'll find some more before we roll out of uh, today's show. But here's the <laughs> here's the uh, ad from AOC. This year, we've experienced the disastrous consequences of leadership that leaves everyone to fend for themselves. But our community has proven that we are stronger together. We're stronger when we reject racism and hatred. And our future is brighter when we commit to health care as a human right, climate action, and the creation of millions of good jobs. A better world is possible. We just need to choose it. This is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and I approve this message. There it was. AOC. You know, when Maya comes on, let's play that AOC quote for her, see what she thinks about AOC. I've never asked Maya what her thoughts about AOC are. I, uh, I know this. <clears throat> I know we shouldn't look ahead uh, because the votes have to be counted. But let's say Joey B wins. Okay, D, let's just say uh, that next fight, that big fight down the road, and all my lefty friends are already telling me about it. It'll be the AOCs of the world trying to push the Democratic Party uh, to the left. Push. Mm, come on, push. 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 <laughs> come on. Come on, push. And Joe Biden's never really been a lefty. So he'll be like, stop pushing me, okay? 
So AOC is going to be really important in the coming uh, months. If well, one way or the other, she's going to be important. She's obviously uh, the fact that she's doing a commercial like that. Remember the 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 Dems only gave her like what did they give her a minute at the convention? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all right, wrap it up, treat, lady. Come on. <laughs> they treat her like they treat you and me. Uh, just ignore these lefty creatures. Uh, they're embarrassing us. By the way, Dennis, can I um, just make a sports reference here at this point in the show? Just a brief. I mean, I think you're reference. going to anyway. So go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. We, I don't know if we talked about this at all last week, but the my beloved Chicago White Sox uh, hired a new manager, Tony Larusa. Were you paying attention? To the, hey, he's hell a, yeah, you're you, damn right. You, I was paying attention. Congratulations. That's a good. Yeah. Uh, that's a good get there. I I, I liked it too. I like Tony Larusa uh, is one of the most successful managers in the history of the game. I think he's won the third most games of any manager. He he managed the White Sox. He managed Dennis's beloved uh, St. Louis Cardinals. He managed the Oakland A's. The guy's been around, all right. So you figure White Sox fans would be ecstatic, but White Sox fans, D, they are the biggest ha- glass half empty crew of malcontents I've ever seen in sports they're always complaining about something like you go to a white, a white Sox game and the 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 hot dog's not this hot dog's not what it used to be white Sox fans are always oh, that's it i'm never going to another white Sox game they're always like threatening not to go to a game and the white Sox are always bending over backwards to make them feel good please come to our games it really doesn't matter because the white Sox are subsidized by the taxpayers anyway so white Sox fans they just have this sense of entitlement which is really bizarre they're different breed than Cub fans. Anyway, White Sox fans are all complaining. And you know why? They go, he's too old. He's 76 years old. I, I'm wondering, do White Sox fans follow politics? I mean, we have an election. What? What's Joey B? Is he, I always forget. Is he 78 or 77? I believe he's 77. I, I think he's 77. He will be uh, 77 and Donnie's 74. You know, I mean, like, LaRusa fits right in. All right, boys, come on, pitch that ball. <laughs> pitch it. Pitch it. Hit it out of the park. Well, White Sox fans are there. And here's why this, this is White Sox fans. Will he be able to communicate with today's player? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's not that hard, you know? <laughs> they flip bats today. That'll drive him crazy. I got a funny thing. Hey, Sox fans. Tony Larusa, he somehow or other managed to communicate with every phase of player, including the steroids phase of the nineties. Hey, sorry, did. Maya's here. Is that Maya? All right, Maya's here. Hi. <laughs> I was a little worried that she wasn't going to show up. Uh, I'm she, here. she's here. She jokingly said she was day drinking. That was just a joke, I, ladies and gentlemen. I wasn't joking. I oh. wasn't joking. It's too late now. The joke did not happen. Uh, Dee, should we take a break and then come back with Maya? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll come right back here. We'll play a little song from Mike Girardi, and when we come back, Maya's going to be talking with us, talking about tonight's live election live stream. It's going to be fantastic. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. We are live from my apartment in Ben's attic. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit is what I think. Hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, 
the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150 and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. That is a great song by up by Michael Girardi. We are the ones who fall in line. Tax, inc- tax, <laughs> incremental financing. That was uh, a song about tiffs. Yes. Yeah. Tiffs. Tiffs. Uh, Michael Girardi uh, is, is a high quality musician, in my humble opinion. A great rock guy. Plays that guitar. Uh, and he's also a, um, a regular listener to the show. And so he just picks up on various themes that we talk about. And you know me and Tiffs. Uh, and he, he, it, when he's done with it, my, it's more like a parable. You know what I mean? Like Tiffs is a sort of a symbol of something greater that's wrong. Uh, with uh, voters and Chicagoans and whatever. Michael Girardi. Uh, Great song there. All right, uh, Maya, I know there's a few, uh, lots of things we want to talk about election, but let's start talking about our beloved reader. Um, big news from the reader, not so good. And so let's just put it out there and talk about it. So go ahead. Yeah, so it, the reader has managed to hang on this long since the pandemic started without laying anyone off, without furloughs, without without requiring people to take pay cuts. But unfortunately, since uh, we got a PPP loan, uh, so that helped a lot as well. We lost 90% of our, over 90% of our advertising revenue when the pandemic started um, and we still haven't recovered, but we were able to make things work without any drastic changes. Um, I guess other than maybe the paper going bi-weekly, uh, we were pretty good until this point, but now, unfortunately, the financial situation has become really dire. And as of this week, people are taking voluntary furloughs um, and uh, some people are taking pay cuts. Some people are switching to part time um, because we are still transitioning to a nonprofit model. And until we're fully done with that, there's a lot of money that we can't there's a lot of revenue we can't access. So I'm on furlough now. This is my first election day in four years that I'm not out reporting. Um, and I, uh, most everyone else on staff, including you as well, uh, have had to make these sacrifices. So we are unionized and the union agreed to work with management on this. People volunteered their, their paychecks to, to help keep the paper going. So yeah, I just want to make sure everyone that's listening knows about this. And if you'd like to help us out, if you'd like to put the reader on for sure financial footing, please consider buying an ad. Please consider donating or buying some merch at chicagoreader.com slash store. Um, yeah, so I'm, um, I'm, I'm basically, I'm on furlough until November 16th and, um, really eager to come back to work, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you for uh, agreeing to come do the show today and do the show with us tonight. It's a, like we're billing it as a, like a first Tuesday special, Ben Jarowski show, first Tuesday special. Uh, Maya is my uh, partner in crime for first Tuesdays. And we, you know, we used to do that at the hideout, of course, but with the pandemic, um, that ended. And uh, so we're, we're going to do this show tonight. And I, I didn't know, uh, I was a little, you know, I didn't know if you were going to sign on to do it. And I just want to thank you very much, Maya, uh, on furlough, um, doing it for the team. And I, I'll say this, I've been at the reader for many years. Uh, I was, I'm a member of the union as Maya is, I was at the meetings. Uh, and the encouraging thing 
I would say is that uh, it seems as though uh, the staff, the union is pretty much in line with management uh, at the reader. Um, Like I remember 2016, some really nasty negotiations. This is old ownership, some nasty things that were said at negotiations, a strong feeling on the part of rank and file that uh, they were concealing information from us that they weren't, uh, being up upfront, uh, TB Tracy Bame is not like that at all. She's the current uh, publisher really, of the Rear. It's really a different story with Tracy, and I think that her approach to leadership and transparency is really what helped us as a union. You know, yeah. So it's this isn't an accepted. This is necessary and stuff. So big shout out to Tracy Bame. She's also yeah. literally making money out of just the most. I mean, any anything that can be monetized, she's been doing it successfully. Oh, so. speaking of which, I'm pr- promote your book, but let me just say, TB Tracy Bame uh, will be. I reached out to her, uh, Maya. She'll, at some point, she'll be joining us tonight, and she'll be promoting the hell out of the reader. I'm going to go, Tracy, promote the reader, and yeah. tell people what they can do to help the reader, and then also talk politics. She's a political junkie and has been since the '80s. So, since the uh, '80s, she, she's one of the people who will be joining us tonight. Uh, we have a whole bunch of people that we'll be reaching out to. But, yeah, one of the promotional things that the reader's doing, uh, staff writers are collecting their greatest hits. And I believe you're next uh, in line, if I'm correct, with your greatest hits, which is coming out really yeah, soon. Have, yeah, it's coming soon. We don't have a, um, an exact date yet, but it's in the final stages of getting proofed and designed and stuff. It'll be a collection of my stories on housing issues going back to 2014 when I was freelancing at the reader before I started on staff. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, it's, um, I think it'll be a useful thing to have as like a little glimpse of history from at least one reporter's vantage point for the last um, six years. All right. Let's, you mentioned uh, that your tradition over the last four years of uh, being out in the field on election day uh, and uh, talk a little bit about 20, 2016. Uh, as I recall, you were uh, on the Southwest side. Yeah. I, I, remember, I was at the reader office. Go ahead. Just a little, go take yeah, us. So I was, I was just looking at the story again. I was down in clearing in Garfield Ridge, um, Mike Madigan's congressional district. I mean, uh, state house district and, uh, kind of the area around Midway. So traditional machine democratic stronghold, uh, but also a place that had a bunch of precincts go for Trump in the primary that year. So I spent that day just talking to folks at bars and in front of polling places. I saw a bunch of people with a lot of Trump paraphernalia. One of them was David Krupa, who, if you remember, then ran for alderman, Mm-hmm. against Marty Quinn in 2019. Marty Quinn pulled some really dirty tricks uh, and and basically they really went overboard with the petition challenges and the way they were trying to stop this Krupa guy's momentum. Krupa had some backing from Jeannie Ives, I believe. Um, but of course, he didn't stand much of a chance against uh, against Marty Quinn. But I think it was the first time that, you know, the the Madigan's people had to sweat a little bit because in the context of that kid running that he was 18 when he was running basically, or maybe 19, he lied to me about his age when I first met him 2016, uh, when I was doing the election day reporting, but basically, but wait, he said, he, what, yeah, how old did he uh, say he was? He told me he was 18, but he was not. 
<laughs> and he, when he was launching his campaign, he actually called me and asked me, this was like in the summer of 2018. Uh-huh. He called me and asked me if I could remove the article <laughs> that him on the reader's website. And because he lied to me about his age and I was like, I'm definitely not removing any articles, but I will definitely say that you lied about your age the next time I write about you. Wait, so, time out. How old was he? He said he was 18. He was 17 in reality, oh. 2016. Um, so yeah, why would he, I mean, I'm just trying to understand the motivation. I just, I know this is me. I asked yeah. him the same question. He told me that he was just so excited to be interviewed about his support for Trump, which by the way, he also later in the, in the context of running for alderman, he also rescinded and denied that he was really <laughs> a big, big into Trump. It was, he viewed that as a liability, I guess. So he, uh, he went ahead and distanced himself from, from, his earlier positions on Trump. So he basically, the motivation was that he wanted to be quoted in the paper. He thought that if he said he was underage, that I would not be able to quote him because he thought maybe I would need his parents' permission. And basically, yeah, he was just really excited about Trump and really wanted his voice heard. And that's why he liked me. Wow. Uh, You know, it's okay. Like I, you know, that's uh, I didn't verify his date of birth with any ID he had on him. Yeah. So you know, I, I have to say uh, the, the word a tangent here, but the David Crump, uh, Krupa thing was a fascinating little uh, a story that uh, was really hot in the news for a while. The Tribune went nuts with it. Uh, and that was the one, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the kid uh, was running against um, Madigan's handpicked alderman and uh they went and they got affidavits from uh, voters in the 13th ward or in the 30th uh, district around that area uh, to say they take had back their signatures. Yeah. Take they, back your signatures. They were, Cause they, they wanted to, yeah, they wanted to challenge the, the, his petition signatures. And so they went around asking people to like rescind their support for Kropa and like sign affidavits saying that they take back their signature but they ended up going to getting more of these affidavits than there were actual signatures on David's petitions. So uh, there was, yeah, this was like a big, because they looked terrible, Maya. I mean, it was just overkill. Like Marty was going to win that election. You know what I'm saying? It was just like classic Madigan overkill. Yeah. Yeah. Classic Madigan overkill. uh, And, but I mean, I think that the, they really must have been sweating because I also don't think Marty would have ever sat down with me for an interview if he didn't think that maybe it was worth doing given the challenge he was facing. Well, well you know what? I have to, I have to, uh, I, I, I was shocked. Uh, I've so used to people from the Madigan organization of the Southwest side, uh, just ignoring me over the years when I've reached out to them. Uh, they view. They don't need you, Ben. Yeah, they don't need me. And plus, they, the reader is like a weird creature on the north side. You know what I'm saying? It's so far removed. Uh, it, it, Steve Brown, who's always, who is the official spokesperson for Michael Madigan, has always gotten back to me. But he, you know, he's in, he's, I don't even think he lives in Chicago. I think Steve lives in Peoria or something. So he's like the official spokesman of the Madigan Empire. But like individual 13th Ward operatives never call. But Marty called me back. I remember... Um, I was shocked when I I forget when I had a call in 2016 or something. So maybe he's just a different. Maybe we're being unfair to him when we say uh, he wouldn't have sat down with 
with you. Maybe, you know, he's just a little more open-minded. Um, but I love that story. Uh, Krupa. Yeah. They overkill and, uh, they had to back off and they let him run. I just, it's so well, part of the weird thing. One of the weird things about that interview with, with Marty was just like that, it, you know, their campaign office, they're like the political, the base of their political organization, like Madigan as chairman of the Demo- the state democratic party as speaker of the house, as a representative of that district. Um, and then Marty's, uh, you know, office as alderman, all of those functions are consolidated in one office, which is like in the Lithuanian museum on Pulaski, like very weird, very weird scene. The interview happened. The interview with Marty happened in like a, a co- kind of a conference room, but really was like part of the museum. There was all these like Lithuanian pictures on the walls and stuff. It was really, um, really a weird scene, but it's, you know, you can't even, you can't, you don't, you can't even get to that office unless you know what you're looking for. This is not like a random storefront aldermanic office where like, you know, you can go and get, you know, you can pass it by, go and whatever. Everything is like only for people in the know. Yeah, by the way, the Marty in question, we keep calling him Marty. Marty Quinn is his name, the Alderman of the 13th Ward. Uh, uh, he's one of uh, uh, Mike Madigan's top political operatives. And this is why I called him. I had to call him. I was, the, I didn't realize until relatively late, I'm a little embarrassed to make this confession, Maya, that Marty Quinn was such a well-regarded political operative uh, for the Madigan organization. I viewed him as this quiet, obedient alderman who pretty much voted whichever way uh, Mayor Daley wanted him to vote or Mayor Rahm wanted him to vote uh, in the Chicago City Council. So no initiative, uh, certainly never did anything uh, to like stand out in any citywide way, just a loyal vote. I always figured that Madigan gave the assurance to uh, Rahm or Daley that his alderman would vote whichever way they wanted. And in return, Daley and Rahm would to stay out of Madigan's business in Springfield. And then I discovered that Marty Quinn is the operative that Madigan dispatches to run various state rep campaigns that he thinks are really important, like Juliana Stratton's effort in the, uh, against um, uh, Kenny Duncan in 2016. Very important race for Madigan to win. And I was like, this silent guy is the brains of the political operation. And so I, I did the interview with him. and carries a big stick. Yes. And uh, I came away with a whole new impression of uh, Marty Quinn. And that's when I uh, had to uh, reach out to him. Now, I will say this. The standard Madigan tactic it's not that sophisticated as you were just alluding it's like barrage people with uh, negative flyers that exaggerate whatever flaws the opponent has and use every trick at your disposal to try to either tie them up in court keep them off the ballot or just harass them so it's it's not like really sophisticated electioneering that they're doing here it's more like they have a club and they're hitting you over the head with it totally Listen, but what do you think? So what do you think is going to happen with the state's attorney's race? The Kim Fox, Pat O'Brien matchup? Well, I think Pat O'Brien will mobilize a big showing in the suburbs. Uh, by the way, we will be discussing this tonight at length uh, uh, with, with various party operatives. We'll be coming on with uh, Maya and myself. I believe that Kim Fox will win that election. 
Um, I'll get your thoughts on this, but I, since you asked me, I'll start off with my opinion first. I believe Kim Fox will win that election. I think that you're asking a lot of voters to split their vote at a moment like this. Uh, so many of the voters that I know, uh, Maya, are just fixated on that top slot. You know, Joey B versus Donnie. And I, it just, you know what I'm saying? You're asking a lot for them to then drop down in great enough numbers to uh, distinguish between the state's attorney's race. So that's just, it's it's not as though it's going to be a huge uh, verdict on behalf of Kim Fox. I think she will get a really strong support from black voters. No question. Uh, Pat O'Brien with that campaign about save Chicago, vote for me. Any black voter over the age of 50 will be reminded of Bernie Epton's, uh, you know, vote for me before it's too late. Yeah. So, okay, guys, you're really subtle with this one. So I'm predicting Kim Fox. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think so too. It might be pretty close, but I just, most of Cook County's like the south, the south suburbs are mostly um, have like a very large African American population. Um, as we know, that's a demographic that turns out to vote very, very reliably. So I think she's probably going to do well in the south suburbs. She's also she lives in Flossmoor, I think. So I think she's she's got her solid base there. I'm assuming that the black vote in the city will also obviously go for Kim Fox, and I mean. The Lakeshore, Lakefront liberals, you know, they're going to vote for Kim Fox, too. I guess I was just what I wonder about is like, are the kind of northwest and north suburbs of Cook County going to turn out heavily for Trump and therefore be voting for uh, Pat O'Brien as well. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that, I think that'll be a decisive vote. Yeah. Like, what's the biggest, nor- what, what are the most po- densely populated northern suburbs north of chicago but still in cook county i mean evanston solidly blue place mm-hmm. what else is up there well northbrook uh you know there's i mean cook county is yeah it, it spreads goes pretty north i i was looking at and uh, i'm jacob kaplan will be joining us tonight he's the executive director of the democratic party and a close aide uh, to tony Preckwinkle, political aid time supporter of Kim Fox. And um, I was curious about uh, Alderman Committeeman Brendan Riley, who's the Alderman of the 42nd Ward uh, downtown, the Gold Coast Ward. I haven't talked to you about this, uh, Maya, but uh, he came out for Patrick uh, O'Brien on the grounds that somehow or other Kim... What's that? Brendan Riley or Brian Hopkins did? Uh, Brendan Riley came out, literally came out for uh, Patrick O'Brien and gave a thousand dollars contribution to the campaign. Uh, Brian Hopkins, who's the alderman committeeman of the second ward, which is that squiggly, weird shaped thing, amoeba like thing uh, that they put together to uh, put all the development deals uh, along the Chicago River in one ward under an alderman they trusted to uh, push it through and get Fioretti out of politics. Uh, He is neutral. He's officially neutral. But uh, Brendan Riley and the notion is, is that Gold Coast voters uh, blame Kim Fox somehow or other for the rioting that took place uh, in August throughout uh, Michigan Avenue. Maya, I don't know how you can make that stretch. I mean, look, voters will do anything they want. I understand. But just it's such a stretch to say that. Listen, the Gold Coast voters are not going to decide this election. I really don't think that they're going to be that much of a factor, even if they all vote for Pat O'Brien. 
Uh, well, you probably right? that Pat O'Brien strategy is that uh, to follow your lines, your thought thinking. Uh, every MAGA voter in Cook County goes for him. Uh, he wins over a few blue collar Democrats on the northwest southwest side, and what puts him over the top is the Gold Coast and rich voters uh, in uh, that area. I agree with you. I think it's a long shot strategy and I don't think it's going to work, but that's what the interesting thing is, will the Democratic Party punish Brendan Riley? He's a committeeman. And so will they come up with some kind of punish punishment with him for break, breaking ranks? Yeah. Uh, a lot of the black committeemen in Chicago are saying uh, that he should not be allowed to. Uh, you know, to get away with that. Uh, so, but Brendan Riley, as you yourself said, I mean, th- that's rarely, if ever, a contested election for aldermen uh, in uh, basically the loop. Takes a lot of money. No one wants to spend it. So, I don't know. I don't think it's going to cost him his uh, his seat if he supports Pat O'Brien. No, but I, you know what? You're going to get mad at me what I'm about to say, but I have to say it. I have a soft spot in my heart for Brendan Riley, and I'll tell you why. And it's the first time I saw uh, Maya and saw how, what a badass she was. It has reader related, uh, going back to the eight, the discussion that we opened with when we were struggling with old ownership, not new ownership, but old ownership. I had the feeling they were going to try to sell us out, Maya, and uh, put us out of existence. We had a rally. Uh, outside the old Sun-Times office. It was in the 42nd Ward. It was right at the banks of the Chicago River. It was a rainy day. I think it was in 2016. And um, Bob Ryder from the Federation of Labor brought that big rat. I remember the big rat was there. Scabby. Scabby was there. And Amaya was, in, uh, was not a uh, full-time staff writer, as I recall back then. Or maybe she was a rookie on probation. I can't remember. Well, I was still, yeah, I wasn't in the union yet. I was still a contractor. She was still kind of, this girl's got such guts. She showed up for our rally, man. I was like, damn, this is a badass, Maya. She showed up for our rally. Uh, and they, you know, they were watching you, Maya. Uh, but anyway, Brendan Riley showed up. Remember, he, I don't know. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, man. he gave a speech on our behalf. And it was an important thing because I think Bob Ryder got him to, to come. But that was an important because he's the ultimate of the ward. You know what I mean? So the cops are going to harass us. It, it was just the way, you know, he goes, the reader is taking some shots at me. And he mentioned me, oh, this Ben is taking some shots at me, but we need the reader. I'm like, you know, ever since then, my, I hate to say, I just got like, ah, cut him a little slack. Yeah, you you know? always have a soft spot for people who are personally nice to you. That is correct. And uh, it's so true. Amaya Poir was also at that rally. People who are personally nice. That's okay. Yes. Uh, but people who are negative to me, uh, the memory never fades and never yeah, goes yeah, anywhere. It doesn't. Uh, so Listen, what do, you, do you think we'll know the election results tonight? Um, it. You're talking about the presidential race, correct? Yeah. Yes. Um, I do not believe that. We will have one of our guests, Rose Colaccio, has memorized the rule book, Maya. So she knows every single state, like what their uh, system is for when the votes get counted and when absentee ballots get counted and mail-in ballots get counted, et cetera, and so forth. Uh but I've been predicting all along, and I'll say this again tonight, uh, that Donald Trump, if if the first one of the first states that will come in will be Florida, uh, because they have a, they're pretty good at counting their ballots. I think Iowa is pretty good at counting its ballots as well. Ohio. Uh, if these states show that Joe Biden uh, is doing well, like let's say he 
is winning in Florida, you will see Donald Trump flip and he'll start calling for uh, no declaration of victories until every vote is counted. Right now, he's been saying, you know, let's end it tonight. Do you follow what I'm saying? So my guess is that we will not know tonight definitively who the next president is. I think so, too. I think it's going to be like December before we know. But also, as far as Florida goes, I really doubt that Joe Biden is going to take it because he's really not done well with the more conservative Latino population that's there. The Cuban population. Yes. I didn't think there was any chance. Conservative Latinos who are not the sort of like working class stereotype. Um, I think people, a huge part of that demographic are really not impressed with Joe Biden. So, well, like I said, if Joe Biden wins Florida or is ahead of Florida, that's an indication that it's a <laughs> putting in a, a, a mile. It's a big night for Joey B. Uh, you're right. I, I, uh, I would not expect him to win Florida. Although Barack Obama won it. Uh, do you have any in particular anxieties that you're dealing with as you look uh, forward to this election? Um, I, I don't know if, I guess there's like a general anxiety, but also if Joe Biden doesn't win, it's going to be so clear why. Um, I just think that I don't understand why the Democrats continue to push for the same kind of routine of like running moderate candidates who don't stand for anything against right-wing candidates who never kind of falter in their messaging to their base and seem to really appeal to people just because they appear to be having some kind of position on things. Like they may be racist and, you know, they may be standing for things that liberals find, you know, abominable, but people clearly like people who have a position and whether it's Joe Biden or, Amy McGrath in Kentucky or any of these other like Democratic Party moderates. I'm sort of, yeah, I feel like if and when they lose their races, like will the Democratic Party then finally realize that like they can't keep running these, like they can't keep trying to flip people. Like that maybe a winning strategy would be to put out candidates who are actually going to mobilize people that don't usually participate in politics and don't usually vote. And I mean, I was just talking to, I'm really watching the Kentucky race really closely. Cause I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, Mitch McConnell is a much more powerful figure than Donald Trump in, in so many ways and more powerful than any Republican president. And I mean, the DNC just put, just set $88 million on fire in that race. Mm. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine from Kentucky who really knows Kentucky politics very well. She's just basically seen as like an outside person who's not, you know, who has just no, she's not known. She's an outsider. It was a completely ridiculous strategy to put all the money behind this, this person. And granted, my friend also doesn't think that um, Booker would have done any better. Charles Booker I mean, he thinks that Charles Booker would have lost as well, but that he would have that he would have done better because mm-hmm. he would have mobilized more people to come out. So I don't know, man. It just seems like no matter how many times the same story turns out with the same ending, 
I don't know why the Democratic Party is just so committed to not rocking the boat, to shutting out people who appear to be rocking the boat in any way. Yeah. By the way, uh, just to fill in the blanks, Amy McGrath was the is the nominee in Kentucky. She's running against uh, Mitch McConnell and Charles Booker ran against her uh, from the left in the primary. Did did surprisingly well. I've already surprised people because you're right, uh, Maya, the the conventional wisdom of Democratic strategists that goes back uh, to uh, the aftermath of the George McGovern's loss in 72 is go to the center, go to the center, go to the center. Uh, just expect the left to follow you and because um, they have no choice. And that's the strategy that they're following. Uh, and they went with Amy McGrath and th- it the money poured in. Uh, to a large degree, I think it would have been there for Booker as well. I don't know if it had been as much, but it was just like, see, I know Dems, Maya, I know them so well. I've been around them my whole life. They hate Mitch McConnell. So the appeals were like, this is the lady running against Mitch McConnell. Boom, money. I'll write a check. You got what I'm saying? Like $25, here you go, whatever. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we played a, a, a clip from um, AOC a little while ago before he came on on the air, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and the congresswoman from New York. And it's, by the way, I don't know if you've been following this, it's reversed with the, the Republicans. They have poured millions of dollars into the campaign against AOC. Yeah. For some phenomenal amount of money. It There's no way this Republican is... Uh, going to uh, win, but the passion that MAGA has against AOC is so intense that they just pour money into this guy, you know, who's running the weirdest campaign. He's like trying to appeal to Joe Cowley Democrats. That's the man that uh, AOC defeated back in 2018. So uh, I hear you. We'll be talking about that much more tonight. I know. I just wanted just one little memory, which I'll probably talk about again tonight. Um, I wrote about it for the reader. 2016, our good friend. Oh my God. I, um, Robin Amer was our, uh, editor and friend. And, uh, whenever I think of the 2016 election, I will think of Robin. I was in Robin's office. Uh, and I literally wrote my article that night react, watching her reaction and the reaction of some of the other reader personnel who were in the office that night as, as the votes came in. Um, and it was almost surreal. It was just when that, when Michigan, when that the the so-called wall collapsed, yeah. in Maya, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, and Michigan, the wall that Hillary never fortified, never bothered to go to those states, basically, uh, and Trump I was won. I today that she never even bothered to go to Wisconsin. Yeah. She didn't have any campaign events in Wisconsin at all. Yes, so it was no surprise that she lost Wisconsin. I think it'll be different in Wisconsin tonight. Uh, but that's the state. You I think Biden's going to get Wisconsin? Oh, yeah, I think Biden's going to get Wisconsin. I just don't know when. Pennsylvania is the state where um, this is why Trump's whole strategy of declaring a, uh, an, the election early is Trump's belief is that the early vote in Pennsylvania will be in favor of him because day of voting, it's people who vote that day. Uh, and so that's why he's saying, I want to end the, I want to declare victory early because he's going to say Pennsylvania's for me, um, declaring victory. That's like the mindset of Trump because 
the the uh, mail-in vote, the absentee vote comes in, gets counted afterwards, after the day of vote in Pennsylvania. So all, every, all the experts are saying, well, Pennsylvania's true vote won't be known for another few days at least. Uh, so that's, but Wisconsin, I think they'll get the vote out uh, earlier, and I think Joe Biden will win it, and we'll know tonight. Uh, any uh, clo- closing thoughts you want to give, Maya, about uh, the show tonight before I let you go? No, I'm just, you know, I've started watching a little bit of TV. It's all, I don't know. It all feels pretty, uh, pretty meaningless right now. (laughs) Well, she'll be uh, feeling greater meaning, I'm sure, at eight o'clock. And uh, when that rolls around. All right, Maya. By then, my sobriety may have declined a lot more than it has now. So just fair warning. Fair warning. All right. Uh, You're reminding me of, uh, this has been on my mind. I watched uh, the Netflix uh, show about the, um, the great chess player. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, a queen's gambit. It's about a a young woman who plays chess. She's a chess genius. And her problem is that she drinks too much. So the issue is, uh, will she be on top of her game or will she hit the bottle? That's like a little subplot. So we're asking the same question about my, Maya, will she be on top? I'm still going to be on my game. All right. By the way, Maya, I got to give you a shout out. Uh, I was, for some reason, I was looking for your tweets this week. I don't know why. Uh, Anyway, I got on your photo up page. I didn't realize you were such a good photographer. So shout out to Maya. Yeah. There's a whole page, folks. If you go on the internet, Maya's photographs. Uh, and they're pretty cool. I forgot that you were a photojournalist uh, when this all began. All right, Maya, stay safe and sound. We'll be talking to you. We'll be back with you at 8 o'clock. Talk talk to you soon. Oh, and by the way, for folks listening, I'll also be taking over the reader's Instagram uh, from 6 to 7. So look out for me there as well. All right, very good. Maya's going to be very busy from 6 o'clock on. All right, Maya, we'll be talking to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, do you got any updates from me, young man? Yeah, uh, by the way, guys, 8 o'clock tonight. That's when we're going to be doing this show. It's going to be an election special. Maya's going to be joining us. We're combining first Tuesday in the Ben Jarofsky show. We're calling it a Ben Jarofsky show first Tuesday special. How about that, huh? It's going to be good. I know, right? It's going to be at 8 o'clock tonight. Join us, everybody. If you're listening on the download right now and uh, you maybe work or something during the live show, well, check out the live show put whatever you're watching on mute listen to us as we uh try to give you the results the best we can maya is going to be with us uh we've reached out to quite a few people to join us as well i believe david ferris is going to be joining us isn't that right ben yeah he's i got a whole bunch of people who've agreed just call us anytime we're a little reluctant to say who but i'll just uh like uh, robert peters david ferris uh jacob kaplan uh, and uh, Monroe, Rose Colaccio, he- uh, Henry Davis, all these different people uh, that I've reached out to. I just don't know if we're going to get to them all, D. I-, I have no idea what tonight's going to be. By the way, I also think tonight will be an interesting artifact. We're going to drop it as a podcast uh, probably over the weekend or something. And like a year from now, if you want to see the madness, where we are, uh, on election night, 2020, this is a right. little uh, glimpse 
into the brains of Ben Jarofsky and Maya. We're going to have plenty to talk about tomorrow, that's for sure. But tonight, you should join us, 8 o'clock. We're going to be live streaming, I don't know, it's about 11, I say, you know, uh, 11 o'clock, maybe a little earlier. I don't know. We'll just see how it goes. We'll play it by ear. And you should join us, like I said, put whatever you're watching on mute and listen along for the Ben Jarofsky Show first Tuesday special. Ben, we have more voter quotes. Oh, whoa. Yes. You know, it's making my day, these voter quotes. This segment is a sleeper hit. I would have made a little intro for it if I would have known. All right. We do have voter quotes here. Yes, uh, the Chicago Sun-Times is out on the street, and they are talking to voters who went out today and casted their ballots. This was at 208. All right. Not long ago here. It's a Vietnam vet. This guy's name's Ivan. He's 64 years old. He owns a pest control service and served in Vietnam with the Army. Uh, he says here, quote, voter quote, I'm, an, I'm ex-military. I put my trust in the person who's going to tell the truth and look out for the best interest of everybody. I don't think Trump looked out for the best interest of everybody. He looked out for himself. He's a businessman, not a politician. So he never should have been in that seat because he treated the world like it was a business. By the way, does Ivan live in DuPage? No, no. Remember, remember yeah. the old show? There was an Ivan and DuPage. You yeah. call in. Hey, Dennis, he man. A... What's up, dude? <laughs> I loved Ivan, man. Right? He was great. Oh, yeah, he'd be like on uh, his back porch. You can hear birds chirping yeah. in the background. Oh, man. Yeah. What's up, man? Yeah. He, 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 made, he roll with the reefer jokes. Hey, get that joke. Get that pun. Roll with the reefer jokes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, when you started, I, I was watching, like, where's he wait? But you said Army vet. I think Ivan, our, our old friend Ivan, uh, was a Marine uh, vet. Yes. But, uh, yes, he was. He was um, a uh, he was a Marine vet. All right, on to the, the next voter quote. We got a voter quote here from Bernadine. Bernadine is a retired Metropolitan Water Reclamation District worker who lives in South Shore. She said after casting her ballot that she'd hoped election mania would come to an end. What's on my mind? Well, this is the voter quote, by the way. Voter quote. What's on my mind that this election will finally be over and I won't have to see any more of these stupid commercials. Well, uh, Bernadine, I got bad news for you. Well, I think the commercials will end, so that's good news for you. But this, I got a feeling, uh, to quote the Beatles, that um, this election will not uh, be over tonight. Uh, There will be the counting of the ballots. There will be the squabbles over the counting of the ballots. There will be lawsuits over the counting of the ballots. There will be claims and counterclaims and accusations one way or the other uh, going on for a long time. Um, Unless there's a tremendous landslide uh, and the only person I see winning in a landslide is Biden. Uh, So unless there's a tremendous uh, Biden landslide and this thing is so obviously over tonight, um, this 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 baby's going on for a while, and um, I know uh, who was picking him. Oh, our good friend Monroe Anderson has been picking, uh, saying it's going to be predicting a landslide for a while. But I got a feeling, Bernadine. By the way, one of my favorite songs. Bernadette. Oh no, it's Bernadette. Sorry, um, <laughs> I started, started singing. I was well, like, give oh, it hey, a wait. little remix. Just turn it into uh, Bernadine. 
Bernadine. There we go. All right. Cool. That's an easy fix. I would shout out to Susan Kolonsky, who was our guest this weekend. We talked about 1968, one of the funniest aspects. There's that scene in the Chicago 7 movie where the receptionist at the at the Chicago 7 defense office is called Bernadine, like Bernadine Dorn. And Susan Kolonsky, very funny, goes, no way, Bernadine Gorn's answering phones. Great, great part of that interview and uh bernadine says uh she's sick of these commercials you know uh, no offense to our new reoccurring character who may not be on the program after tomorrow phyllis but uh i agree with bernadine springfield politicians they promise they won't tax retirement income if their constitutional amendment passes uh, by the way, D, I don't know if you saw this news. Uh, I think it was um, one of the guys. Uh, I think Sneed had it. Uh, yeah, Sneed had this breaking story. Oh, of uh, course. Yeah, uh, Phyllis and Ice Cube oh, okay. are going to do a, do a duet together. <laughs> Chances are, and Phyllis will come in. Ah, yeah, Ice Cube, because, you know, I've always wanted to do like a Johnny Mathis ballad. Uh, so, he's yeah, they're cutting it together, and they're, there's a talk of a tour. A tour. Uh, Damn you, Sneed. You always get the scoops. <laughs> I know. Phyllis is like, you know, I'm feeling my inner ice cube. And uh, I think Jay-Z is thinking of cutting an album with Phyllis. Too. No, Jay-Z is for uh, Biden, is he? So forget the Jay-Z joke. Phyllis. Anyway. All right, uh, let's move on here. Uh, we got one more voter quote. All right, this was at 1.29 p.m. Ernest. Mm. 51 years old. He walked into Edward Duke Ellington Elementary School on uh, 243, uh, 243 North Parkside with criminal justice reform on his mind. Here's the voter quote. Quote, I'm an African. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was funny. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. You're interrupting Ernest here. Okay. Ernest said, uh, quote, sorry. I'm an Afri- African-American man who lives in an African-American community. And every single day I see family and friends who have been wronged by the justice system. Uh, Hinton, who lives in Austin, said he thinks only one candidate can bring true criminal justice change. Er- Ernest says, quote, voter quote. I voted for Donald J. Trump. His platform, his voting record, the fact that he acknowledged the capital of Israel uh, is Jerusalem and his stance on life. All of those things together with that, I think he will do for the African-American community is the reason why I voted for him. All right. There you go. And I think uh, Ernest is his name. Ernest. Yeah, he'll be part of that uh, Ice Cube Phyllis uh, song too. He's gonna get a, like a little like chorus thing. He's it's gonna be like a remix of uh, "We Are the World," and Ernest will be one of the guys in the back. We are the world. Come on, Phyllis. We are the people that Phyllis will sing like you know solo. Yeah, yeah why don't you go report that, Sneed? <laughs> yeah, Sneed, you didn't know. Ice Cube, Phyllis, and Ernest doing a song together. <laughs> okay, they got it all worked out. You know, I wonder if uh, Ernest voted for Pat O'Brien. Did he say? Wait, no. let me look. Let me look. No, it does not say. Yeah, does did not Ernest say. vote for the fair tax? Huh? Wait, let me look. Uh, MAGA. <laughs> um, no, nothing. Maybe Phil. Maybe just said. Uh, you know, some people just like I'm voting for the president, and that's it. And then I'm just dropping out. I don't know. I don't know if Ernest is one of those. But yeah, Ernest will be there. Ernest, fellas, Ice Cube. Uh, 50 Cent was going to be there, D, but then he said, nah, forget it. Uh, I'm not doing it. Now, so he's just, he's voting Biden now, right? 
I, you know, why do I think he's not voting at all? But uh, whatever. Yeah, his old girlfriend, Chelsea Handler, said that she, okay, let's be clear. 50 Cent made it clear that the reason he was going to vote for uh, Donnie Trump is because he liked the tax break that Donnie gave him. And he didn't, he thought that uh, Joe Biden would raise his taxes. So clearly, uh, 50 Cent lived in Illinois, he'd be against the fair tax. Right, because he just wants Dennis's rates to remain the same as his rates, even though he makes a lot more money than Dennis or me. But then Chelsea Handler, his old girlfriend, called him out on it and went on Jimmy Kimmel's show and said, I'll pay your tax bill. Oh, you cheapskate. <laughs> and so 50 said, Oh, I'm, I'm not for Trump, I'm for Biden. I don't know. Do you think he voted? Ten you bucks says ten bucks says he still voted Trump. Yeah, if, if he voted at all. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but <laughs> she embarrassed him because she made him look cheap. She, I'll pay your tax bill. Okay. So anyway, he's not on the. So he's not on the. Um, yeah, I read that in sneak. He's not a part of the group. It's just Ernest, Ice Cube, Phyllis, and uh, I think Kenny G will be playing saxophone. Oh my. <laughs> Wow, what a collabo this is. Kenneth Griffin, he'll be playing air sax. Yeah, oh, and uh, in an effort to not sound cheap, 50 Cent is changing his name to a dollar and 50 Cent. <laughs> oh, Denny will be at Zany's next week. He went up a whole dollar, guys. All right, that's our show, everybody. Uh, make sure to join us tonight. We're going to be on this live stream, all right? So just find it. We'll probably get up at about 7.55. I'll play a little Michael Girardi like we always do. And uh, Maya's going to be joining us. It's a first Tuesday in Ben Jarofsky's show special uh, covering the election night here. Uh, we'll probably end at about 11. I don't know. We'll just see how it goes. Uh, we hope you all will join us. Weigh in on the live stream chat. Let us know your thoughts and hey if you want to help out and uh, give us some results as well we'll take uh, them yes. all right we'll, we'll take, take them. them we're not above it we trust me when i tell you we are not above that uh, our crack crew of, of vote watchers consists of me and dennis and i'm still not quite sure how that whole internet thing works uh, dennis uh one more time how do you do an app uh so wait it's www <laughs> dot like the World Wrestling Federation? <laughs> Wait, I'm all mixed up. Actually, uh, uh, before we go, uh, Doogie just reminded me. He did leave us some voicemails. We're going to play Doogie's voicemails real quick here. Okay. Uh, Doogie weighed in. Uh, let's see. Here. He's, this is Monday, yesterday at 445. Uh, Doogie left us some voicemails. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do the same. 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. <laughs> leave us a voicemail. Here's Doogie. Maybe. Oh, boy, this happens quite a bit. All right, let me switch the settings here on my phone. Doogie, you know, you're great, man. We always appreciate you calling us. And uh, everybody, it's like Doogie. Oh, and Michael Girardi left us a voicemail, too. We'll play that tomorrow. Uh, But Doogie seems like he wants us to play this. So, all right, sorry about that. Got my phone set up now. Boy, (laughs) this life in the pandemic. It's something else. Here we go. Yeah. Damn you, Doogie! Come on, where is it here? Oh, oh goodness gracious! Maybe we'll play it tonight uh, during our uh, broadcast because yeah. this isn't working here. All right, technical difficulties on the Ben Jarofsky show. We will be editing that one. Out. <laughs> That'll be gone in the podcast. Live stream listeners, see what you hear. See this content. The, the podcast people won't hear this. They won't hear this at all. 
anyway, um, all right, that's our show today. I want to thank Maya. She did a great job. She'll be back tonight at 8 o'clock. And, of course, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of all in Illinois. Without him, the show would be possible. Sorry, Doogie. As, as Ernest, Maya, Ice Cube, and Philly will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you later tonight, everybody. Face coverage. Face coverage.